Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we pray now that you would open up our eyes, that we might see Jesus. Open up our ears, that we might hear your voice. Open up even our noses, that we might smell the aroma of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our first scripture this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 25 through 5, verse 2. Hear the word of the Lord. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing, rather let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption." Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Our second reading comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. When I came to Troas to proclaim the good news of Christ, a door was opened for me in the Lord, but my mind could not rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said farewell to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not peddlers of God's word like so many. But in Christ, we speak as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God and standing in his presence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. This stinks. Have you ever said that before? Perhaps like me, you've been saying it every day for the last six months. I remember when I was a kid and things were not going my way, when 
I learned some unfortunate news or when the world was simply not living up to my expectations as a place that was meant to cater to my every desire and whim, this was the phrase that I would use to express my utter disgust at the travesty of it all, at least before I learned more colorful ways of doing so. This stinks. Perhaps you used to say that as well, or maybe like me, you still do. Of course, when we say that something stinks, rarely do we actually mean that literally, that it has a malodorous quality. Now, most of the time when we say it, usually we mean that just things are not the way we wish they would be, having nothing to do with its smell. And yet, this is not the only way that we assign a negative evaluation to something using the language of smell. I mean, for example, if we find out about something that we think is illegal or something is going on that seems uh, underhanded or dishonest, we might say, this doesn't smell right to me, or this smells rotten, or there's something fishy going on here. And of course, we all know how bad fish can smell. It's fascinating to me that we have tied the sense of smell to so many negative things, uh, maybe because it's such a visceral sense for us. And yet, surely, isn't our sense of smell also one of the greatest, most wonderful gifts that God has given us? Heck, we wouldn't even be able to taste anything without our noses. This is actually one of the awful things that happens to so many people who catch the coronavirus is it takes away their ability to smell and therefore also their sense of taste. And that often leaves people without any appetite and no desire to eat. That sounds like living hell to me. But it's so interesting that of all the five senses, our sense of smell is actually the one that is most closely tied in our brains to our memories. And haven't we all had that experience of, of catching a whiff of a particular scent? Maybe, maybe the smell of something baking or, or a, a certain perfume or the smell of a pipe or, or even something unpleasant that immediately transports us back in time to some moment or experience in our childhood. Smells are just so powerful, and good smells can be downright heavenly, can't they? Like the smell of a, of a new car, or bacon cooking on the stovetop, or a freshly brewed cup, bowl, uh, uh, cup of coffee, or chocolate chip cookies baking in the oven, or... 15-year-old vintage champagne swirling in the glass. How wonderful smells. They have the ability to make us feel alive again. I actually think this is one of the reasons why people love aromatic flowers like roses. I mean, certainly they are beautiful to behold, but they also have an amazing ability to transform almost any room into a veritable garden of olfactory delight. And since we are created in the image of God, 
I guess it should be no coincidence that our story, the story of creation, the story of humanity began in a garden. And it should be no surprise to us that God loves a good smell just as much as we do. If you recall, in the book of Genesis, after the flood, when Noah got out of the ark, he immediately built an altar to the Lord. And then he took some birds and other animals and he sacrificed them on that altar as a burnt offering to God. And the text tells us that when God smelled the pleasing odors rising up from those sacrifices, he determined to never again destroy the world in that way as a consequence for sin. Later, after the Exodus, when Moses led the Israelites to Mount Sinai, God commanded them again to make sacrifices to him as a burnt offering for atonement for their sins. And these, these sacrifices were also described here as pleasing odors that were acceptable to God. And they assured the people of God's mercy and grace, perhaps with the smell reminding God of his promise to never wipe out humanity again because of sin. Well, as we continue through the Old Testament, we often find the Israelites making sacrifices that were not pleasing and acceptable to God, either because they did not offer God their best, a true sacrifice, or because their actions betrayed the integrity of their offering. They were often just going through the motions of worship and repentance without ever really changing their idolatrous ways or living out righteousness and justice in their community as God had commanded them. And so this sacrificial system over time, it, it became odious to God like the stench of a rotting corpse. And I can only imagine that when the Israelites brought these unacceptable, disingenuous sacrifices to God, it made him turn up his nose and think, this stinks. And yet, none of those sacrifices was capable of dealing with the power of sin in our lives permanently. So that God's people could be free to truly live with joyful obedience. And so that our words and actions might proclaim the good news of the gospel so that we might reflect God's grace and his character and his invitation to the world around us. But then, Scripture says, in the fullness of time, God sent his only son to us to reveal himself to us, to show us what true righteousness is all about, and to make the once and for all sacrifice of his own sinless life so that we might be free from the power of sin and death in our lives, no longer slaves to sin. And Paul says that in loving us so deeply, and in obediently offering himself for us, Jesus became the ultimate fragrant sacrifice and offering pleasing to the Lord. He overcame the awful stench of sin and death on the cross. 
and he burst forth like a blooming rose out of his tomb and into eternal life. And then is it any surprise that this also took place in a garden? And so Paul tells us that, that because of the sacrifice that Christ has made for us, then our lives ought to exude the grace that we have received like an aroma that everyone around us should be able to smell. And so, therefore, we ought to be people who always speak the truth and never speak falsely about anyone else. People who refuse to allow our anger to get the worst of us and cause us to hurt one another. People who never take what doesn't belong to us, but who instead generously share what we have with others, especially those who are in need. People who never use our words to tear others down, but instead use them only to encourage and build up. People who show kindness and forgiveness and compassion and mercy and love in the same way that we have received those things from God in Jesus Christ. And Paul says that when we do that, like Christ himself, we become an offering acceptable to God. A fragrant sacrifice, an odor pleasing to the Lord. And when our actions and our words faithfully proclaim the good news of the gospel, then we create aromatic gardens of grace wherever we go so that everyone around us might be blessed. And there are so many people I know who do this all the time. I'm thinking of, of Sue Otto, who is the director of the Center for Hope in Ambridge, the greatest mission partner of our congregation. Sue sacrifices her whole life to improve the lives and the futures of the people in Ambridge, especially the children, and to teach them about Jesus. And it is an offering acceptable to the Lord because Sue is the aroma of Christ blooming forth to everyone who comes into that place, filling it with the fragrant hope that comes from knowing Jesus. I'm thinking of Floyd Faulkner, the Quaker Valley community youth worker that our church supports. Floyd is a man of, of many talents who could do so many things. But he has chosen to accept God's call on his life to be a missionary of Jesus Christ to the children and to the youth and their families of this community, especially those who are on the margins, those who are underserved, those who are struggling, those who do not have the things that most of us take for granted. Floyd is a man of incredible, deep faith. And everywhere he goes, he is the aroma of Christ, spreading the fragrance of the gospel through his encouragement and his godly wisdom and his support for those in need. And because of his deep commitment to the families that are struggling in this community, Floyd came to me just a few days ago once again about a family that is in crisis wondering if we might be able to help. 
and because of your generosity and his faithfulness, the aroma of Christ is spreading to this family in need once again through Floyd, just as he has done for so many other families. I'm thinking of Shirley Barker, who for years has baked fresh homemade bread anytime she found out anybody was sick or not doing well, or she believes in the healing power of a gift made by the hands with love, as she literally spreads the fragrance of the bread of life. And we all know how wonderful fresh bread can smell. I'm thinking of sweet babe Kinney, who shows up periodically at my back door out of the blue with bags full of treats for every member of my family, just like I know she does for so many people in our community, even the the mail deliverers who show up at her house with treats waiting for them in her mailbox. Babe is, is spreading the aroma of Christ through her generosity and her kindness, helping to transform Swickley into a garden of joy. I'm thinking of our koinonia ladies in our church, who write so many notes to the people in our prayer list, people who are sick or hurting or grieving, letting them know that somebody cares about them and someone is praying for them. They are spreading far and wide the fragrance that comes from knowing Jesus. I'm thinking of my childhood babysitter, Pam Riskell, whom I just reconnected with this week for the first time in almost 40 years. Now, Pam, I learned, has had a very difficult life, one that would leave most of us saying on a daily basis, this stinks. She's had many tragedies in her life, including accidents and injuries, the worst of which being a broken back which put her in a wheelchair for five years after a botched surgery that left her with severe nerve damage and a doctor's prediction that she would never walk again. But Pam's resilient heart refused to quit, and she learned to walk again, even though she does it only with great difficulty. And yet Pam has spent her life taking care of others, who she believes are in greater need than she, even though she's often been close to poverty herself. And even though she still lives with so much pain, she never complains about it. But instead, she simply gives herself away as a fragrant offering to others, which is her way of showing her devotion to Jesus and her gratitude for the sacrifice that he has made for her. Pam is the aroma of Christ transforming everywhere she goes into a garden of love and compassion. I could go on and on. But when we live our lives in grateful response to Jesus, becoming people of kindness and compassion and generosity 
and mercy, when we offer our lives as living sacrifices to God so that other people might experience the power of the gospel in their lives, then we become a heavenly fragrance, a holy aroma that has the power to overcome the stench of sin and hatred and heartache and grief in this world because it is the aroma of Jesus Christ himself who has already defeated those things on the cross. And I know that there's so many things in our world right now that frankly just stink. But we are called to be people who do not just complain about it and certainly don't contribute to it, but who instead are called to transform it by allowing Jesus Christ to spread his aroma of grace through our lives. Let's be honest, our world desperately needs the fragrance of Jesus right now, doesn't it? And he has chosen us to be the ones to share it. So no matter what is going on in your life right now, whatever your circumstances happen to be, even if you feel like things just stink, you have the power and the freedom to choose to bloom anyway and spread the fragrance and the aroma of Jesus Christ wherever you go. And I assure you, it will be an offering acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. And in the process, you will discover That the world around you has begun to look and smell a little bit more like the garden of God. Amen.